0: too
1: many movies. I watch too much TV. I have, I have too many, have many kids. kids. And now, we're doing a podcast. The Discerning Geeks Portal. Now recording. Welcome back, everyone to the Discerning Geeks Portal, where each week we take a discerning look into all things geek. I'm Dave, and I'm here with my best friends, David and Todd. How are you guys doing today? Man. Yeah, pretty good. It's a new year. It's a new <laughs> podcast. We got a new logo.
0: Everybody should see
1: that. Oh, yeah. That's right.
0: Yeah, it's a new year, and we already want it to be another year. <laughs> just, just saying. How bad is that? This is not a good start.
1: But we're here to bring a little joy and talk about some things that we enjoy and hopefully you enjoy hearing about. And so, Todd, tell them what we're talking about today.
2: Okay, uh, today we are reviewing the movie The Lake House. A doctor from the year 2006 and an architect from the year 2004 fall in love by writing letters to each other back and forth through time thanks to an apparently magical mailbox at the lake house they have both lived in at separate times. And they share the same dog. So not complicated at all. Uh, the lake house stars Keanu Reeves as Alex Weiler and Sandra Bullock as Kate Forrester, back together again after starring with each other in the movie Speed. It also stars Christopher Plummer, Ebon moss Backrack, Dylan Walsh, Shore Agdashlu and Lynn Collins. Uh, the Lake House was released on June sixteenth, two 2006, with a rating of PG, which I found kind of interesting. It's kind of weird that it's PG because, you know, this is an adult movie, not that it's got adult content. It's just it's a love story, so I wouldn't think it would need to be kid-friendly. But when you really think about it, there's very little, if any, profanity, no sex or nudity, and not even any gore, even when somebody gets struck by a car at one point in the movie. And so, yeah, somehow this adult romantic drama somehow made it out with a PG rating. It was written.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. ahead. Oh, okay. Well, uh, it's because the movie industry is very specific. If there is one item, if there's one cuss word in a film, like if the film is absolutely clean from from beginning to end, but at one point, one person in the film uses a foul word, it gets a PG rating. So, yes, (laughs) it's clean but because a guy gets hit with a car that's the reason it got pg that's it
2: uh yeah but i'm i'm saying it's weird that it was pg instead of pg 13
0: oh okay i'm
1: sorry yeah Yeah, you would think that kind of with the more adult themes i mean not even that it's like adult themes but i mean the story it is it's definitely not a story that was told for kids that it could have Easily, they could have gone a route to, to give it a, a higher rating. No blood. And probably wouldn't have hurt the rating, like the number of people that watch the movie.
0: There was no blood except for when you're attempting to tell the actors real names. <laughs> Go ahead, Tom. <Don. laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: it was written by David Auburn. It was directed by Alejandro Agresti.
0: Uh, I rest my case. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Hang hang on. Sorry, I made him lose his place now. Todd's be like, shut up, man!
1: No, no, it's not that.
0: Alejandro Agresti. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Thank you, Jarvis. Alejandro Agresti. Okay, Jarvis, we got it.
2: (laughs) As far as being able to find this movie, uh, I think it is possibly streaming for free via a service called Hoopla Digital, but I'll be honest, I don't know that much about it. It looks like if you want to watch this movie right now in... Around January 2021. Uh, it's 2 dollars or 3 dollars to rent at various streaming services. And those same services have it for around 12 dollars or $13.99 to buy, although Amazon Video actually has it at a better price of $7.99. Just a tiny bit of trivia that house, the, the lake house, was constructed especially for the movie. Uh, this was the first movie to be released simultaneously on DVD. HD DVD and Blu-ray. So this is back in the days before Blu-ray won the HD wars. And just a little personal note, uh, this is our first Sandra Bullock movie that we're reviewing. And I've always been a big Sandra Bullock fan. Uh, way back in college in the 90s when the internet was still kind of new, uh, you know, Yahoo was a different kind of website back then. It was mostly just a directory of other people's fan sites. And I had a fan site for Sandra Bullock and it was kind of cool. I found somewhere on the internet some kind of black and white photo of her like kicking one of her legs up. So uh, her, her leg was like perpendicular or parallel to the ground. And so I think I made the menu for the page like underneath her her leg that she was kicking up. And I made the buttons kind of light up when you hovered over them, which was a big deal at the time. And and I designed it well enough that at the time, Yahoo, I don't know if you guys remember this, they would put a sunglasses Emblem beside of the link for a website if they thought it was cool. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that I had the only sunglasses symbol among Sondra Bullock fan sites.
0: Who who knows, Todd? Maybe she actually looked at your site going, "Oh, that's sweet."
1: May, maybe so. Now, just an update to you, Todd, because I think you probably purchased this or rented this um, prior to last night, which is when I did it. <laughs> um, Apple now has it for 7.99 as well. So, oh, okay. For purchase, so yeah.
0: Uh, we're we're all really actually Sandra Bullock fans because she's a North Carolina girl, and you know, just saying.
2: Yeah, I can't remember. Is she is she from North Carolina, or did she just go to school in North Carolina? Because I'm I'm pretty sure she went to what was it, East Carolina University?
0: Yeah, I believe it was East Carolina University is where she went. Right? Hang on, I'll have to look Wikipedia but I think she's from North Carolina too. Hang on, I'll check, and you guys you guys go ahead and start talking. I'll be right back
1: while you check on that, what did you guys think of this movie? Did you like it? Thumbs up, thumbs down. What do we think?
2: Well, I definitely like this movie. Uh, I've always liked it. In fact, I, I think I was the big proponent of wanting to review this movie. Um, and it, it is good. It might not be quite as good as I remember. It. And to be honest, it's been so long since I've seen it that I, I wasn't even sure if it would be as good. And I, I, Yes, I was kind of hoping maybe it would be a little bit better, but it, it is still really good. I'm I'm going to have nitpicks just like always, but overall, the positives really do outweigh the, the negatives, and it is a good movie, but there's a little bit there to either question or nitpick.
1: I got you. I got you. Yeah, I think, I was, I think I'm the same way. I enjoyed watching it there was definitely some, I think some pacing issues that, that, uh, it didn't seem to move as quickly as I remember it. Um, when I watched it the first time, but, uh, overall it's enjoyable. Uh, Leanne and I curled up on the couch last night and watched this again, just so I'd be fresh and ready to, for this podcast. And, and she really enjoyed it and I really enjoyed it. Um, our hope was to kind of maybe have her, Give a little bit of a time to be able to be on the podcast today And give um, her input But timing and she's putting children to bed um, May make that a little difficult We'll see if we can't get her on for a little bit later on
0: Oh, oh, oh your wife? Yeah, yeah, yeah Yeah. Oh, uh, this, this movie is, is an excellent Excellent uh, date film, guys Like, seriously if you're trying to find something very soft and sweet that the, they're going to absolutely adore watching with you, Lake House is great. But Lake House is also, I don't know if I want to say intellectually stimulating enough because that might be a little insulting, but I guess that's the best way to describe it. It's intellectually stimulating enough in the in the sci-fi aspect of what's going on that if you're a bit of a dork and you of a little bit of action or at least some kind of type of mystery going on or, or, or you want to try to figure something out. You're going to enjoy this too if romance is not exactly your thing and you're just basically trying to like be nice to her. This is a great movie because it just covers all this bases. She's going to love it for the romance part. You're going to love it for the mystery part. And uh, basically just keep on going and all that kind of good stuff. And you'll be fine with this film as far as a date, date film goes. Uh, as far as uh, uh, Miss Bullock, uh, come to find out she was born in Germany. Uh, her father was in the army. And her uh, mother was evidently German, and she has a uh, 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 a grandmother who was actually a rocket scientist from Nuremberg. Uh, her parents married to Germany, uh, where she actually lived there for twelve years, it appears. And but really and truly, um, uh, or actually, excuse me, she lived there for twelve years. She was born in Washington D.C. in uh, in the suburb of Ar- Arlington, Virginia, is where she was born. But uh, because her father was an army Army employee, they that's where they they moved to she grew up learning german um but she did go to washington lee high school which i believe is in virginia i'm pretty sure that that's where that is but she did attend east carolina university in greenville north carolina so she did live here for at least that that period but she also performed multiple theater productions uh while at ecu uh, before moving to manhattan so it, she didn't actually live in north carolina but we still claim her i mean if you go to school here you're a north carolinian because you don't come to north carolina unless you Like North Carolina. Just saying.
1: Now we know.
0: And knowing is half the battle. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, as far as this movie goes, oh this this is this is this is another one of those rare gems where it's there's not a lot going on, but the whole thing is just it really encompasses to me uh, just a lot of goodness. Just a lot of goodness. And it's all it's all very character driven. And the dog is excellent. Just saying.
1: I was trying to remember the name of the dog, and for some reason it's escaping me. I
0: can't remember it either.
1: (laughs) Great. This is normally where I'm hoping Todd jumps in and tells me the name of the dog. He might be having to look it up.
2: Oh, no, I don't know either.
1: No, no. sorry. Okay, that's okay. So overall, everybody positive. Oh, Jack. Uh, It's Jack. Jack. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, and it's a girl.
2: Yeah, which causes some confusion throughout the movie that it's a girl named Jack.
1: That's right. Uh, But yes, I would agree. This is a great uh, date night movie. It it definitely gives something for everybody. Uh, It is really clean. We didn't watch this with the kids, but I would have had no problems putting this to play and letting it play while they were in the room, playing their things. If they wanted to watch, I could talk to them about what's going on. I don't know that it would gather their attention, you know, just because of the, the themes and what's going on in the movie. And, you know, it doesn't have cartoon character singing but um that being said it's clean anybody can watch it and, and it's great movies
2: yeah so that's one reason why i thought the rating was so strange at least compared to what we get nowadays because nowadays if it's a tv show or a movie that is not geared toward kids then you'll, you'll have profanity and or sex and or violence just almost automatically. There's so, especially with TV and especially since, uh, so many things are streaming nowadays, it seemed like a lot of streaming networks are like, Hey, we don't want kids to watch this. So let's throw in the F bomb right and left just because we can. And it just seemed weird that, you know, this was an adult romance romance that, like you said, Dave, you thought your kids probably wouldn't be that interested And if the makers of the movie knew that, they could have easily just said, hey, let's throw in some more cuss words just because we can. And the kids won't watch it anyway. And they still went with the PG anyway. And I just found that really refreshing. And I kind of wish more movies and TV shows would do that nowadays. They don't have to add in stuff. And I'm talking to you, Star Trek. Uh, You know, (laughs) we went for decades without the F-bomb being in Star Trek. But now, oh, they got to put it in because they can get away with it because they're on CBS All Access. Anyway, but yeah, I think, Two of the strengths of this movie are simply the premise and the chemistry between the characters. And in that way, it kind of makes it similar to uh, another movie that we did recently, The Adjustment Bureau. Uh, That was a really good review. Check that out. I think it was episode 28, I think. Uh, But look for that episode. That was a, a really good review. And Dave, you were talking a while ago about the genre, or, or I don't know if you're talking about the genre, but you were saying that this movie could be considered a little bit on the intellectual side. To me, it also has that similarity to the Adjustment Bureau because oh, yeah. I remember calling that a uh, an intellectual romantic fantasy, almost like it's a subgenre all of its own. But actually, I would qualify this movie in that same kind of made up subcategory because it is kind of intellectual because it simply has a time travel and travel isn't exactly the right word. Uh, I guess technically the notes themselves kind of travel, but it, it's not like typical time travel where people or larger objects travel in yeah. time. But um, it's got that intellectual aspect, obviously the romantic aspect because the two people fall in love. And, um, and then the fantasy, because that's, uh, that's where the intellectual part comes from with the, the mailbox. So, uh, so yeah, I, I think this movie definitely has a lot going for it.
0: Yeah. That or we're just suckers because this is really one of three movies that I can name off the top of my head. The we Bureau being the other one, this one, uh, and Time Traveler's Wife in which, uh, Ooh, yeah. all three of us have experienced the, a joy from a romantic film that deals with basically this odd sort of phenomenon, I guess is what you can call it, where somehow someone either from the future or the past is able to talk to someone else from a different future or past or their own future and past, however you want to call it. And it ends up becoming a very, uh, very beautiful uh, romance story that is excellent to take a girlfriend to, but also is good enough that you can sit down and watch it and you don't feel like you wasted your life. You know what I mean? Like you don't feel like you just, well, this, why am I sitting here, you know, with a bucket of ice cream crying my eyes out over the time traveler's wife? because it's a good movie that's why not because it's you know you're a sap or anything like that that's that's what what i i always say is a good date movie uh because i i think guys if you if you take a chance on it and you watch like like i said the adjustment bureau or this one the lake house or or like the time traveler's wife you're gonna realize you actually like the film just for the fact that you like it because it hits all the things that we do enjoy and that's a really big perk And I cannot wait till we start talking about the metaphysics of this movie because there's so many possibilities.
2: Yeah. And before we do real quick, since you mentioned time traveler's wife, I'm going to shock you guys because I know you always pick on me about reading and I pick on myself about reading sometime. I actually did get the novel for the time traveler's wife and read it before I watched the movie. And in fact, Dave, I think it was one time when you and I went to the beach and the other day was when he was on his first marriage. And so it was just you and I at the beach and, and, it, and you know, it, it's weird. We go to the beach and you watch Deep Space Nine and I read a book and it, it, it's weird. It's like we're at the beach, but we still do other things. But um, I think that was I think we had bad weather. And so we we're in most of the time anyway. And I think that's the fastest I've ever read a book. I think I read that whole novel in one weekend. And I'm going to shock you even more. It's one of the few times I'm going to say the movie or the book was better than the movie uh because there are several subplots in that book that just are totally out of the movie and there's one thing that happens toward the end of the book that's kind of the movie covers it but it's even more tragic in the book and so i think the movie kind of took an easy way out by not going all the way with it but anyway that's a, that's a different topic but it's interesting that you bring that up and it makes me wonder if maybe we should review that movie sometime
1: too but
0: anyway, oh yeah we to, probably should
2: yeah. yeah so back to the lake house.
0: yeah back yeah, to the lake house. So,
1: and I would definitely agree. I think one of the things that I enjoy about these movies, and again, kind of comparing it to the Adjustment Bureau in this movie, is that they're telling a story and it has these sci fi, you know, time traveling elements that are in it. But it's not what happens so often in a lot of movies where it's like, we have a sci-fi movie, but we want girls to come to it, so we're going to throw in a little romance that doesn't nobody really cares about, right? To to try to draw that crowd,
0: and they they pull off the Star Wars. Okay, yeah. Star Wars became a romantic movie at the same point when she goes, "I love you," and Han just looks at her, and goes, "I know." You have no idea how many girls I have talked to, and. They're not all geeks. Some of them are really hot, girly girl girls, and they will actually – they know that scene. They will be like, oh, yeah, that's like the greatest scene ever. And I don't know why because you would think that it would be weird. Like they would be like, no, no, I want him to be all like, I love you too. But no, just the fact of Han being in character going, I know, fit, and they just – they go gaga over it. It's weird. I can't figure out women.
2: Okay, well, then maybe I'm the weird one. Maybe I'm the weird one because I'm the one that doesn't like that line. I think he should say, I love you too, because, because it, it, it's you're, like he's saying, oh yeah, I I know, you, I know you love me because of course you're going to love me. I'm not going to say I love you. It, it, I, I actually don't well,
1: like that
0: one. Well, that's because you're not Han Solo, Dodd. I'm just saying, if you were a smuggler <laughs> and you grew up the way he did, you would understand. But because you're not a smuggler, you're more of the, you know, you're more the Jedi Knight type of guy. Just saying. Okay.
1: Maybe. But no, I, I think. Sith this- Lord, Maybe this movie doesn't try to be anything different from what it is. And it's not trying to like, Oh, I want to just kind of incorporate all these elements. It's telling a story and it's telling a compelling story. They have great actors with great chemistry pulling off the story. And that's, it's, it seems like such a simple thing, but it's interesting how many movies just completely miss it. And it's nice when a when a movie gets it right. Yeah. Now, again, like Todd's kind of mentioned, you know, are there some elements and nitpicks that can definitely be talked about with this movie? Oh yeah, sure. But overall, it, it is. It's a good romance, um, and and the twist is that Ooh. they are you know living these lives two years apart, and how are they ever going to get together? That's the beauty of it. So there's there's a lot there. So let's move on because we have kind of talked about a lot of the the positives. Uh, Todd mentioned at the beginning just that this house was built for this this movie, and the house in a way is a character of its own. And and so you know the sets, this this house being a set for this movie is a wonderful element for it, and the dog you know as a sub character it seems so crazy that this dog is owned by both of them and yet becomes a character in this book or in this this movie that kind of carries the plot forward so i thought that was wonderfully done some of the extra characters um that are surrounding them as they're trying to go through this relationship with each other two years apart um is is interesting i thought all of the acting and and the extra characters and the things moving around it were were really well done uh any other positives before we kind of jump into our nitpicks
2: yes oddly enough we've been going off into so many tangents and broad strokes i haven't even crossed off anything from my list yet uh okay so one of the things that i like is, is it doesn't take alex and kate the two main characters to figure out and accept their magic mailbox situation they could have gone on forever going oh i don't get this oh what's going on and they're just like okay there's something weird going on but it is what it is let's go with it and i like that i like that they just kind of get it going and uh, dave you were talking about the metaphysics of it i would like to get into that some too mm-hmm. um Uh, But I think one of the strengths of this movie is that, you know, you know me, I kind of like things to be explained and to go into depth a little bit. There is no explanation to the magic mailbox. It just does what it does. And for me to like this movie, despite the fact that that's never explained shows that they took this fantasy element. And I know a lot of times, uh, time travel is, is considered science fiction. I think because there is no explanation. I consider it fantasy this time, but they take this fantasy element and they use it as a vehicle for telling the story. And then from that point, it's just pure character interaction. And I think that's why I don't mind it. I don't mind the fact that we don't get into the, I want to get into the metaphysics, but not the physics physics. Like what, you know, are these tachyons? Is there some kind of subspace field around the, the, the mailbox? Who cares? Is there it's, a teleporter right? Yeah, it's the driver of the story, and that's, after a while, that's all that really matters, and I kind of like that. Uh, I like the natural progression in their relationship, because at first, it seems a little bit shallow. They're kind of talking about not very deep stuff, but it gradually goes further, and I like the fact that, you know, at first, they have to show them writing notes back and forth to each other through the mailbox, because that's what's doing it, but then after a while, that would become monotonous, so then the movie uses this shorthand of having them be either across from each other, or it's almost like they're having phone calls with with each other. And then you have to wonder, okay, are they saying that all at once in one letter and then sending the letter? And then in the next letter, they're responding to each statement one by one, or is it kind of like a jigsaw puzzle of conversations? But again, if we were to see every single time they put something in the mailbox, put the flag down, put it back up, all that, it would get monotonous. So it's kind of nice to just see, Eventually them carrying on conversations normally, but we know because it's been established earlier that they're doing it through the notes. Um, And then one last thing, um, a lot of actors, no matter how good they are, don't do crying scenes very well. And I know that Keanu Reeves himself gets picked on a lot for not being a great actor. I actually think he's pretty good. I think a lot of it is probably his voice he almost always sounds like a surfer. And I think that is like an automatic negative against him, but that doesn't mean he doesn't pull off great performances. And there's a scene in this movie where something kind of depressing happens for him and you actually see his character cry and it's a brief scene, but it's done well. It's done really well. It's believable. And like I said, a lot of better actors can't always pull off crying scenes. And I think he, he did it pretty well in that scene. Awesome.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I think so too. I I love the, these actors, I love their chemistry. I think it was a, an interesting pick because while we get, you know they they kind of had a shallowish relationship in what was it? Speed, I think, was the first one that they appeared in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think this gave them an opportunity to really play off and uh, their their chemistry and and explore it a lot deeper. Um, it wasn't just, you know, Oh, action, this, that, and the other, and them responding to it. It was, we got to see them build a relationship. I like the way you put it kind of almost from the start, like anybody else, any natural progression in a relationship, it starts with, Oh, Hey, let's just get to know each other. Let's ask some you know, what's your favorite color? You know, what do you like to do? What do, you know? What's your job? and you get to meet that person and then you gain more and more knowledge. And as you gain more and more knowledge, you start touching on deeper things until you are sharing those very deep personal uh, events and things in your life with another person. And that's how a relationship develops. Um, And it seems very natural in this movie. Um, We're not forced to believe, Hey, they're just meant for each other and it, you know but the the actual relationship and their their relationship develops over time as we see these letters go back and forth and i also agree you know the mailbox is one of those things where it's kind of like you know hey we don't know why it works but the reality is you really don't care you know at the end of the movie and that's kind of rare to say because i think a lot of times we would get caught up in well how does this work this that and the other if these other things weren't working so well, if the relationship wasn't working so well, um, <clears throat> if the action of the movie wasn't carrying it, we would kind of stop and want to delve into, well, I wonder how this mailbox works. By the end of the movie, you're like, yeah, I really don't care. You know, I don't care how the mailbox works. It did its job. It's a It's a point of communication for them. And it is how they were able to kind of have this relationship and you didn't have to delve much deeper into it. The closest I come to caring how it works is I wonder how
2: it works with normal mail. (laughs) (laughs) If if one of them, whoever's living in the house, if if they get an energy bill or a water bill or something, (laughs) is it coming from the correct time? And if they send off a check through the mail, does it, does it go correctly? Does the mailman even come for pickup? to that mailbox, or is it strictly meant for these these letters? I do wonder that much, but yeah,
1: as far as how it works, I'm,
0: I'm okay with it.
1: Anybody else, any other positives before we start delving into kind of some nitpicks? And, and Well, more? are
0: we going to start talking about the metaphysics, or are we just kind of commenting at the moment?
1: I was going to save that for kind of a, a little bit deeper, delving deeper after we... Oh, okay, okay, yeah. The, well, that's yeah,
0: that's yeah, not, yeah. That's no problem. Uh. Pa- positives um this is a very nice touristy way of seeing Chicago because isn't is, yeah it takes place in Chicago right so it's it's kind of interesting because there's a lot of shots especially with counter uh, Reefs character being an architect so to speak and there's one point where there's this whole deal where he he actually has her go on this trip to see all his favorite buildings um, it, it, it oddly enough is one of those where it's kind of like if the if the movie was trying to give back to the people that helped him make it you couldn't ask for a better thing I mean you know the Chicago Tourist Board probably was like we just want to cut out these sections right here where it shows all these cool buildings and just put it in our, our ad uh, but yeah if, you, if you've never been to Chicago and you ever kind of want to know what it, it kind of really looks like when you're not looking at crazy stuff or whatever. This movie's good for that because they do show you some of these iconic buildings uh, that are in Chicago, and and you find out that Chicago is not like just a dirt hole. You know, like let's you know, let's face it, we all have our own uh, ideas of certain cities. You know, when you're from certain places, and and you know it's like Chicago mob, right? Yeah, I don't want to go there. But yeah, when you really look at Chicago like through this film and through the lens of this film, um, you kind of get the idea. Wow, there's there is a lot more to it than you than you thought and so uh, it is interesting i think how how uh, uh there are certain times where where film can really glorify where they are and and i kind of enjoy that as well this kind of uh just walk about town uh to see things um and uh so yeah i mean as far as positive goes yeah besides the character stuff and everything we've already talked about
1: all right well, let's kind of get into some nitpicks and little things that we would kind of hopefully want to see them do better next time. And then we'll get into our little delving deeper and about the metaphysics. Uh, I know Todd's got a few. Todd, start us out with one.
2: Okay. Yeah, I'm looking through my list now. I want to save some of them for lightning round. Oh, actually. Okay. No, let me start off with quotes because I, my quotes double as nitpicks. There's one point where Alex's character says, you never told me how beautiful you are. And that was after he actually saw her in person. And of course, because he's in a different time, she doesn't know who he is or why he's nearby, but he can tell it's her and he sees her. So later he tells her, you you never told me how beautiful you are. And I'm thinking, why would somebody say that? Would she just say in one of her letters, oh yeah, by the way, I'm really hot. And he'd be like, oh yeah, well, thanks for telling me. No, of course she's not going to say that. And then I think it might have been in that same letter where I think she said, uh, well, how do you know it was me? And he says, long brown hair, gentle, unguarded eyes. And I'm thinking, okay, gentle, that's a weird description. It's kind of vague. What does that even mean? And is he talking about her in general, that she seems gentle in general? Or was that also another descriptor of her eyes? And either way, what does that mean? And what does unguarded eyes mean? And then even more kind of weird is that she actually stops and she's like, okay, yeah, 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 it was me. And I'm thinking, so by the description, gentle and unguarded eyes, you're like, oh, that's me to a T. I (laughs) I just, I didn't get that particular uh, dialogue exchange. I thought it was uh, a little bit weird. And then, okay, another thing um, is that during their very first letter or two to each other, she makes it a real point of emphasizing that the year is 2006, but I don't remember him prompting her to say that. Like, I'm not sure what it is he said in his first letter that would make her say, oh, I've got to make sure I tell him the year is 2006. It almost seems like that was more for us, the audience, than for him. And I even rewound it and and tried to see what his first letter said. And it's not like there was a reference to him being in 2004 yet. And her saying, oh, what are you saying 2004? It's 2006. It, it's like, why was she correcting him? And it seems so emphatic. But I couldn't tell what the reason for her being emphatic about it was. So I, I think that might have been one of those things where either it was it was a line written for us, the audience, or maybe something got lost in the editing. And
1: yeah. I've got a few more, but I can, I can take a turn later. No, I, I I don't know that. I I think I remember that that part of the i remember her being a fanatic about oh yeah and it's 2008 and and kind of thinking well that's kind of an odd thing to write in a letter yeah <laughs> by the way yeah, it's, yeah. you're i'm not going to sit down and write a letter to you guys and be like oh and it's the year 2021 be like well yeah duh. um but yeah i think it might have been a plot device just to kind of move things along yeah uh,
0: well don't forget that that originally He finds mail from her in his mailbox, and it's not a letter to him. Uh, It has her address on it. So now I want you to understand this because this plays into the metaphysics we're going to talk about later. This is normal mail, not to him. It's sent to her. Okay, so this mail came to the mailbox obviously by a third party, and it's received by Alex. So he's trying to return the mail, and so he's following the address. That's on the mailbox, right? Which this is where it gets really weird because this mail address should be her real mail address that doesn't have anything to do with the magical mailbox, but somehow it's ended up in his mailbox. And so when he goes there, all he finds is a construction site. And this is what starts the, how are you telling me you live here when I just went there and it's, it's not built yet? And I think that's where it falls into it. And it's a, it's a really quick, so I can kind of understand that. But I think that's where it starts, where you they start kind of realizing something weirds going on. And so, you know, I'm just saying, I don't don't forget about that scene where he actually tries to r- deliver her mail to her, and he goes to where she supposedly lives, and it's just a construction site of this apartment building that she will eventually live in. That's good. Good call out. Good call mm-hmm. out. Yep.
1: How about you? Did you have any nitpicks Dave on, uh, on this one?
0: Uh, you know, me, I, I, there, there's not a lot. Well, I mean, if, if I'm enjoying the movie, uh, there's a lot of stuff I can forgive. I mean, it, it, it's so I don't really take notice of things like that. Um, you know, it's the whole reason why, like, you know, you guys are like, the thing sucks. And I'm like, it's the greatest movie of all time, <laughs> you know, or basically. So, you know, I'm very forgiving if it's if things are entertaining, because, I mean, let's face it. I, I think in the, in the end, that's all we're really wanting. We're really wanting a good story and to be entertained. And and I'm just a simple person. I'm very simple and content if it's entertaining and 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 uh, uh, it's a good story. I'm happy. Yeah, but the movie turned upside down halfway through. Of it, I don't care. I just watched it on <laughs> my head. You know, that's basically I mean,
1: me. I don't even know if this is a nitpick or if it's just. It it seemed a little lacking in that it wasn't memorable for me, and that's the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it it wasn't even that it was like a negative, and I was at any point watching the movie going oh, that's just a dumb song. Why did they put that there or anything like that? It was more of the, you know, you have a good movie, you've got a good romance, and in almost 95% of a good romance and a good thing, this, that, and the other, you come out of it with a song in your head and you're kind of like this, that, and the other. And at the end, I was kind of like, I'm sure there were songs there, but it just, either they blended it so well, or to me, it was just kind of not, thrilling or 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 uh, you know ear catching that that I I pretty much couldn't tell you a single song that was in the movie and and it's kind of weird kind of going through it and going well it's almost absent and and by that I kind of almost call it a negative because I was kind of like oh I don't know what happened you know why why, the, why wouldn't there be more good songs in it did you kind of pick up on that, Todd? Oh, definitely. I, I would agree. In fact, I was going to say that for lightning round
2: because I don't remember any of the songs like you. They weren't memorable. I just remember thinking, well, the song at the beginning of the movie is not that good and the song at the end of the movie is not that good. And then in between, I just didn't pay attention.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. I didn't like the choice.
1: All right. Any other
2: nitpicks? I uh, yeah. There, there are one or two I want to say for lightning round and i think one i want to say for the whole metaphysical uh discussion but one i think is a flaw in the whole not time travel but time messaging thing at some point during the movie because alex is at, at a different time than her he's actually able to go and meet her at some point and of course she doesn't know that it's him because in her timeline they're not communicating yet so they have technically met but then in her time a man gets struck by a car, and in case we haven't said yet, our our spoiler our our reviews are usually spoiler filled. So here's a, a big spoiler coming up. Spoilers. The man that she sees get struck by a car happens to be Alex in in her, in her future, but because they did meet back in the past, and in fact they even kissed one night, you would think that she would recognize this guy who she. <laughs> Uh, you know, performed medical procedures on for an hour after he got struck. Now, maybe he got struck so badly that his face was disfigured. But again, we already said that there was no blood or anything in the movie. So we're led to believe that anything would just be internal. So how bad could his face have been? You think that she would have recognized him. And I think that's probably one of those little time travel slip ups that we're probably not supposed to think about, but I did. And, uh,
0: which one? I'm oh, sorry. I missed that. What, what, what's the time travel slip up? In so, the past, in right. the
2: past, they meet at the party yeah. and yeah. they even. kiss. So she would recognize him. But then in her time period later on, he gets struck by a car and she actually performs medical procedures on her on him because he's, she's a doctor. Yeah. And so she's treating him. And yet she doesn't recognize him as the man that she kissed at a party two years
0: well, ago. Well, when a two ton vehicle smacks you in the face. <laughs> you might be a little unrecognizable. Just saying. Oh, by the way, when you're talking about the song, it's a little hard to realize that Paul McCartney's "That Never Happened Before" is not that popular. But okay, that's that's that was a song. It was
1: a Paul, Paul McCartney song, but yeah, yeah. It, it it just it wasn't memorable in the movie if that makes sense.
0: Well, that's okay. I don't think it was supposed to be. I think it was just supposed to kind of meld things together. But yeah, I mean, and I understand what you're saying, Todd. Don't get me wrong. I I completely agree with you. It's just that sometimes you have to apply a little more what I call stupid logic to it, which is, yeah, he just got hit by a car. And she's thinking about just keeping the guy alive. So yeah, she might've, you know, and actually she does. In, in In the terms of the film, she does. But it just takes her talking to Alex's brother later two years later to suddenly realize that that's who she was trying to save at the beginning of the film and and the reason was is probably because of just think about it you're a doctor this guy's been hit by a car he's dying you're not thinking what he's looking like you're just thinking i've got to save him and then it just took two years that when he says yeah blah 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 two years ago such as such that's when her memory went click and then the other memory went click and then that's the reason you have the ending that you do
1: so what's what's your thoughts on the the metaphysical of this day kind of as we're we're well see the thing
0: is is is, you know you guys keep talking about the mailbox i don't think the mailbox has anything to do with it i think the mailbox is simply the vehicle i think it's the dog oh oh Because if you think about it, this dog is a dog. I don't know if you want to call it a magic (laughs) dog. I mean, really and truly, I think there's even a concept that you could almost go so far as saying God is a dog in this film. Because don't forget, Alex decides, he gets mad at his dad. He's tired of doing all this stuff. He goes out to this lake house that I think he designs and he builds himself. And it's in the process of building this lake house that as he's painting that bridge, this stray dog just (laughs) Runs through and creates the the paw prints uh, on the deck that uh, uh, she she mentions, she, in, her she mentions in her in her uh, thing later, and then when Alex has decided that he's leaving, that he's going to leave the lake house, like he's going to go back to work or whatever it is, I, I can't remember exactly what it was. Uh, uh, you know, first of all, the 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 Jack uh, Jack, so to speak, he run uh, she runs off, and they have the whole party thing. So it it runs away and it's, it's, you know, Alex and Mona when they're dating and they have the incident and the party. And so the dog brings them together. All right. For this random type thing, because you're sitting here going, this dude just met these two people. And like, yeah, come on in and have a surprise birthday party with this chick. You have no idea who that is, You know, think about it. And you're like, oh, okay. Um, Which also gets Mona with Morgan. And gets Ale- gives Alex and her the opportunity to get together. So that's directly involved with the dog. Then, um, when Alex decides that he's leaving, the dog runs away. But Alex doesn't chase it this time because he knows that in two years, with all the conversations that he's had with her, that Jack will end up with her. So the dog has just gone off because, okay, nothing's going to happen for the next few years. Um And also because Alex technically something happens to him and then shows back up. And then don't also forget that she named the dog Jack. And he doesn't know what he's basically been referring to the dog as dog, you know, until he learns that. And then when he says Jack to her in the past, the dog responds. So this dog you know, maybe it's one of those weird type of things. You know how we often talk about like cats have seem to have this weird thing where sometimes they'll just stare at nothing and you, you just get this feeling that they are looking at something and you can't see it. Maybe it's the same deal. Maybe somehow a dog and a cat have this weird ability of of being in two places at once in time and we just don't even know it. And or is it the fact that the dog itself is the power? Because you would have to think that even though they say that nobody's been here in those years between they're getting ready to renovate it and so it would be interesting to to almost uh after this movie do a sequel uh in a way like a little mini sequel of once they renovate the house does the house continue to operate in that way to where if somebody puts something in the mailbox does somebody two years from that point get it even if it's to themselves like let's say they live there for 10 years and for some reason they keep getting letters that they just wrote yesterday from like two years ago you see what i'm saying You know, is is, it that weird? And so that's the whole reason I don't think it's the mailbox because I don't think it could physically exist in that one location in time. I think the dog is the direct being or angel sent or whatever you want to call it that is powering it because it seems like the dog, which is the whole reason I say the dog is the greatest actor in the whole movie. The dog is always on point and is always pushing to get Alex and her together to save Alex's life and to get her and him together, almost as if they're destined for something. And the dog understands that. And so this is what the dog's mission is, which is why it's a stray. And it just shows up, and then later on, it's it shows up with her and sticks with her because he knows. The dog knows that it's like on her. She's got to be the one that saves him.
2: Wow, that that's interesting. I, I never paid that much attention to the dog in, in the movie. I just. Figured it was like one of those extra props that's supposed to be like, oh, isn't it interesting right. that and, they and, hear this and, other thing?
0: And isn't that how you would think that it would work? That like, you know, you don't want people to know of this type of immense type of power or possibility, but and, – and so you would put it in the most mundane thing, just a stray dog. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just saying. I'm just that's saying something. Make- blow your mind.
2: Well, that makes me want to watch it again and pay attention to the dog this time (laughs) and see what's going on. Because, yeah, who knows? Like you said, that could explain the mailbox. The mailbox is just doing it. The mailbox doesn't have power. The the, the dog, whatever it is, is like casting a spell on the mailbox whenever the dog happens to be there.
0: Right. Because if I'm not mistaken, nothing happens until the dog shows up. Right. Or am I crazy?
2: I, I don't know. That's what I would have to go back and see. But at the same time, I think there are times the mailbox does work when the dog is not around.
0: Well, and that's fine, but see the dogs with one of them, you see what I'm saying? Like the dogs yeah. powering it. It doesn't so have. As the, yeah. So as long as
2: the dog is in one of their lives. That's right. Gonna,
0: yeah. Right. Because, you know, he doesn't, you know, I know that they kind of sort of broke up at one point and that's the reason like they both leave the lake house or whatever it is. But it's, it's also, that's the time period where they have no contact with each other. And then of course people would be like, well, what about the ending? You know, which is true because, you know, technically, well, I guess the dog was in her life still. So yeah, maybe.
1: No, I I think that's an awesome observation. I I definitely could see. Thank you. Thank you very much. The, uh, the dog being a, uh, a part in kind of driving the, them two together. um, And, and, even being more important, like you said, with some of the things that happened at the party and things like that than the mailbox. Um it's kind of interesting. It, it reminds me of our conversation with Real Steel, you know, how mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how, how instrumental the was. how intelligent
0: was, was Adam? Was Adam sent in it or not?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, is this dog operating somehow out of time and and being able to uh to drive be a driving force? That's that's awesome.
0: Uh, you know, I kind of like the thought that maybe just maybe dogs live backwards. That would probably I mean, think about it because dogs deserve that, I think where they <laughs> I think dogs are born old, and then they just get happier and happier until they're that's the reason they're always wagging their tail cause they're just getting younger and younger every day. They live backwards <laughs> in time. And we just don't realize it because we're moving forward in time, and so we see him as puppies and growing up and blah 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 and all this stuff. But really and truly, the dog's not born until it dies. For us, for it, it it gets it just is born old and it just gets younger and younger and younger back to that beginning point. So its last memory is like its happiest puppy memory ever, which is like playing with you as like a little kid when you were all like, "Ah, yeah, yeah, it's cute," oh, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. Just saying that, that 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 would be a good life. I would not mind doing that. Just saying. I don't
1: even know where to go after that. Um, sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, because I think there there could be more to, to discuss. But that wow, that that's kind of really deep. Don, did you did you have any you wanted to add or kind of explore in a different right way? Than the uh,
2: well, I've got I've got something. I don't know what whether it would count as metaphysics or not because it's kind of a nitpick. But I'm not. I need to ask the question because it may be that I missed something and maybe it shouldn't count as a nitpick but it has to do with a possible paradox or maybe not even a paradox, but okay. Let let me just try it. Okay. Kate supposedly lived at the lake house, but once Alex moved in, he became the only owner as far as I know. So, so she supposedly uh, in 2004 stopped living there, which means somewhere between 2002 and 2004, she did live there. But he's in the past by two years. So he moves in in 2022, or excuse me, uh, 2002. You, you've got him backwards,
0: right? He was there from 2000 to 2004. She was there from
2: 2006 to 2008, right? No. Okay. Uh, or, or wait a minute. Oh, yeah, sorry. I Wrong years, but still the right idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah When yeah. I was saying 2002, I meant 2004. And when I was saying 2004, I meant
0: 2006. So, right. Okay. So she
2: was there in 2006.
0: They, we've, I've confused uh, them enough or, with the dog thing. Let's not confuse them anymore. Got it. Yeah, Go ahead.
2: Sorry. So in 2006, she supposedly moved out because she went to that new apartment, and that's why she was wanting her mail forwarded and everything. Which means supposedly between 2004 and 2006, she lived at the at the house. Maybe not the whole two years, but at some point. But he moves in in 2004. And I think if I remember correctly, at some point he moves out too, but that's like after 2004, but he lives there long enough to where I would think that in, in 2006, he's in the house, which basically my question is, does he live at the lake house long enough that his timeline replaces her? Because we're told that she lived at the lake house, but we never actually see her living in the lake house because her time at the lake house is in the the movie's past and we never see it but he is in the past and his present and future i think replaces her past and if i'm right about that it means that he becomes the sole person living at the lake house replacing her timeline and yet somehow she still has the memory of having lived at the lake house or else they couldn't communicate with each other through the mailbox does that make sense i know it probably didn't because i got the years confused uh, so much I of the beginning. So.
0: So,
1: yeah, so in, in,
0: in 2000, okay. Moving in, out. Yeah, go ahead, Dave. Yeah,
1: she's moving out in 2006 and is communicating with him moving in at 2004. But if he lives there long enough, then he would have been there the time that she was there. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, right. But we really don't have a timeline for how long she stayed there, I don't think. But we, I think it did feel like, or we kind of got the sense that she was there for a while. Yeah. Um, good question. Good, well, it, see, it, they both it,
0: leave the lake house at some point. And she leaves in 2006. And he leaves when she tells him to stop writing her. When he fails to show up for the date.
2: Which I'm guessing is somewhere around either late 2004 or early 2005.
0: Right. And so, and then that's when I think he goes back to work for his dad. De- no, no, he goes into business with his brother. They open their own business after their dad's death. And And I think
2: there is a scene of him having his own apartment.
0: Right. And so that's when they kind of lose touch and the lake house is empty from the time she leaves.
2: Which means she must have moved in for a few months during 2005. Right. Before moving out in 2006. But it's like a totally off screen thing. Yeah. It's something that we're told and it's established, but we never actually see her living at the lake lake house, which is kind of weird because that's, it's the thing that they're supposed to share, yeah. and I guess supposedly how the dog crosses paths with them too, and yet we never actually see it. And it is a little bit weird, and that's what made me wonder, is it a paradox, or is his timeline, timeline replacing hers?
0: I, I think it's um, – I I th- uh, no, go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: Well, I was just going to say maybe not, but it, it's still something that I think the movie could have done a little bit better job explaining.
0: Yes. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, it's it, – they, they discover they're living exactly two two years apart. So in other words, the day that he's writing to her, uh, if they – I don't know if they ever give a date, but it, the date he's writing to her is the same day for her just two years before. So you would probably have to think because I think if I'm not mistaken – let's see. She finds – I think you're going to have to go back and watch the dog because I think the dog is important because I think with the dog – when he's leaving the house and the dog runs off – like I think one of the very next scenes is her finding Jack. So I think the dog doesn't ever is never out of either one of their presences when the dog runs off and Alex knows that the dog's going to her. That's exactly what happens. The dog's not actually running off. It appears the dog's running off, but it's not, it's actually just running across the park to her. And then I think that's when, like, it, it, even though we don't see it, I think it's – I think I bet you anything, if you really wanted to break it down, the most logical sense is she's like, well, where did you come from? The dog walks back to the lake house, and then that's when she realizes she wants to live there. Do you see what I'm saying? I know this sounds weird, and I know it's not anywhere in the movie, and it's just something you're going to have to, like, either decide on it or not. But yeah. if it comes down to the dog, then the dog runs away from Alex, goes immediately to her, leads her to the lake house. She now lives at the lake house until she leaves. And then that's when the whole thing happens with the whole two years apart type of thing. We
2: might have to do a follow-up on this. Yeah, that's, we,
0: that's, we, we may have to inspect this dog. There's something wrong with this yeah. dog, I'm telling you right now. Well, because
2: my, my question about the, the paradox or the replacing timeline or whatever, that I think is something I thought of after watching the movie. And, mm-hmm. and like I said, it's not included in any streaming service, so you have to rent it all over again if you think about something a, a couple of days later. And I didn't want to have to rent it. Again. But now that you brought up the whole thing about the dog, now I want to rewatch it because of the dog, too. And next time I want to take closer notes at the timeline and see who really does live at the lake house and when. Mm-hmm. And I don't – we might have to do a part two to, to this. I mean,
0: I mean it does come down to a very interesting I- I- interesting idea because there, there's not just the paradox of them living two years apart. There is also that whole thought of we know that this movie is, is attempting to get these two people who already badly enough live two years apart. Now, you're not only just trying to get them to intersect with each other to become lovers or or boyfriend and girlfriend, which is hard enough as it is in real life to have two people randomly meet their paths crossed, so to speak, but not only do you have X and Y on – how far you've got to travel and where you've got to be for those two paths to cross, you actually are tossing in Z because now you have to put time in, which means you're also trying to come either down or up at the same time you're trying to go left and right um, to get this whole thing intersected to a point of time. So it's, it's hugely interesting because we do know that there are moments where they get really, really close like the party. There's one little point where they actually hit, but it kind of skips off because of things that were going on around them. But then you have other times where uh, she technically, I think, saw him at something or other. He technically saw her leave her book, you know, but was too far away to stop her. So there was not an intersection there uh, and other moments as they're living. And then, of course, it gets to the big thing at the very beginning of the film that you don't realize is so important until later in the film um, to where – Here's where it all hits, but it hits again in a very not good way. And so it's it it is weird because this love story is not just about, until I thought about it, is not just about an X and Y of two people crossing paths. This is a this is an X, Y, and Z of two people crossing paths that have to also figure out how in the world you do you pull her forward and him back at the same time that one's going one way and the other's going the other to make everything just hit. And it's, it's just, it's done better than you think it is. And we may be thinking way too hard into this. It could just be a, just a really good story, but it's, it's, this is the kind of thing we live for, you know, being discerning geeks. This is the kind of thing we live for when we can look at this really good film and, and it just blows our minds up on, on the possibilities of being able to look at it. And it's still a great I will say it again, date film. If you have a girlfriend, if you, if you have a wife, if you have somebody you like, and you just want to do like a great little, like kind of lovey, dovey romance type thing. This film is perfect for it. Just saying. All right.
2: So- hey, oh, and it, 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 it's working the whole philosophical discussion, because while you were talking, I opened up my spreadsheet and I started adjusting my score.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, that's going to be interesting. And we're getting ready
0: to get to the scores. It's not bad that it's, you know, this is actually pretty good because I haven't mentioned this, but I didn't watch it. I, <laughs> I, I'm i just going off of everything I remember from it, from the, seeing it the first time in the theater. Wow. So, I mean, the fact it's that the, so, so much has stuck with me this far without, you know, watching the film and, actually commenting on things to saying
1: oh that being said i want to kind of throw out you know we would love to hear what your feelings are if you've watched this movie what you think you know it all means if the timeline is right if you've seen a breakdown of the timeline or done one yourself um send it to us email us at discerninggeeks at gmail.com comment on our facebook page at the discerning geeks portal um, we'd love to have your input or you can tweet at us Maybe, hopefully, um, discerning at discerning geeks. Um, we'd love to have your input on what you think of this movie and kind of some of the things that we've discussed that being said we need to kind of move this conversation along and i do feel like we may have to do a short follow-up episode at some point on this one we've we've opened up a lot of of cans and not been able to answer them a lot of questions um but maybe we can explore that on a future episode but it is time to get to the lightning round Lift off, and the clock has started Insert sound effects here that Todd does a great job on. And I am going to result to our initiative rolls to see who is going to go first on determining uh, who goes first in the lightning round. Does everybody have a dice? What? 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 Pick a dice up. 20 sided. Give me a roll.
0: What? Hang on.
1: What? <gasps> okay. All right. I do now. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, I got my four-sided dice, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> 20-sided. Right, four-sided. Modifiers? Yeah. No modifiers.
0: Well, I have a old natural 20, so I'm going first. I was going to say, I got a five. <laughs> I got 15. We're we we're big enough dorks as it is, Dave. Don't make us do this on live podcast. <laughs> Jesus, what's the matter with you? Golly.
1: It makes for better podcasting than us arguing for 10 minutes
0: about who's going to go. <laughs> I think it's funnier if we argue about who's going to go but you're up Dave
1: you get the first round lightning round
0: I think the dog oh wait oh, I have to wait yeah, for yeah, the wait. time yeah
1: wait for the, the time. It, okay the ready the
0: yeah sure okay and go the dog was robbed <laughs> so of show won the Oscar for this film I mean best supporting dog something anything but the dog got robbed and I think people should complain to whatever it is the the Oscar people what are they what are they <laughs> call it? <laughs> They should complain because by God, if we're going to start getting all weird and socially woke with Oscars, then I want to see more animals win Oscars. And I want them up on stage to give speeches. I'm just saying. That's all I got to say. Time. Right.
1: Dear tenant, welcome to your new home. I'm sure you'll love living here as much as I did. <laughs> it's all about the dog. Okay. It's all about the dog.
2: Okay. So I'm up next and... It- As you can tell, I love this movie, but just a warning, I've only got nitpicks left, so my lightning round is going to be kind of negative. Ready? And go. It gets off to a slightly slow and boring start. Uh, The reunion with the younger brother is kind of awkward, as is Kiana seeing or uh, Alex seeing the uh, architect for the first time. I know it happens to be his dad. Uh, Let me see. Uh, At one point, uh, Kate's character says, oh, I was having a bad hair year. I actually think that in 2006, she was having a bad hair year. In 2004, she was having a better hair year. (laughs) Uh, I don't like the uh, second choice boyfriend. Uh, and let me see. Oh, the ending is a little bit on the uneventful side. Uh, kind of romantic, yeah, but uh, maybe just a little bit. Flat.
0: What day is it there?
2: April 14th, 2004.
0: No, it's April 14th,
1: 2006. This is so- awesome, good job. Okay, you ready? I am ready. Okay, go. You mentioned the ending. I actually had to stop and laugh with Leanne and go, Wow, is that like an assault because you know he pulls basically pulls up and just looks at her and then kisses her without even like taking a moment to say hey and I was like wow okay I'm not sure if that makes it through today's standards of getting permission but it was very romantic and 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 she didn't have any problem with it so if she didn't have any problem with it then I shouldn't either Um, it is a great film enjoy it enjoy it with someone if you've got a a, a significant other curl up with them and enjoy it. From Warner Brothers Pictures.
0: This house is about connection.
1: Comes a love. Even though this is clearly impossible, it's amazing. Without limits. All right. Did
2: my complaint about the second choice boyfriend make sense?
1: Yes. Okay. No, I agree. Yeah I, 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 yeah, I understand
2: that complaint. Yeah, it was the same little uh, nitpick I had about the characters in the Adjustment Bureau. How, you know, she's willing to to marry one guy, but then as soon as the first guy comes along, it's like, oh, who's this second uh, loser? You know, yeah. it, romantic comedies and,
1: ra- and romantic dramas tend to do that a little too easily you have that you okay. have to have that other person kind of vying for the affection but you don't want to portray them in a way that they actually could win <laughs> because then yeah. you're like well why didn't they stay with that person why <laughs> so they kind of get the short end of the stick on uh on being portrayed as with much of any depth uh, and it's necessary but So it's time for us to now throw out our ratings and we get to give this our rating with each of our own unique rating system. Mine ends up being a 10 point scale, uh one to 10 and yeah, all in all great fun. Watch, watch it anytime. Don't have to worry about watching it with the kids. It is interesting, and I enjoyed the kind of metaphysical talk that we had, and that that does kind of bump it up a little bit for me. I enjoy that we can kind of see some depth in this movie. So, yeah, very strong, solid eight. You know, it's not a, you know, I don't think it's going to top anybody's chart as best movie Um I'm not even sure it kind of creeps into a top 10, but it's definitely one to watch anytime and it, and it's really fun and solid. So I give it an eight out of 10.
2: Okay. Uh, and my grades are letter grades. And at the very beginning of this review, I said that it maybe wasn't as great as I remembered it or as much as I hoped it would be, but I do still like the movie. Well, as I just mentioned a few minutes ago, our discussion of this has actually bumped it up because one of the things I grade a movie on is rewatch factor. And I thought, okay, now that I've seen, I could probably go a while without seeing it again. Now I'm actually, I don't know if I'll actually do it, but it might at least cross my mind every once in a while that I should rewatch it because now I want to pay attention to the dog. I want to try to retract the timeline. I'm almost tempted to rent this movie again. And I bumped a couple other categories up. And so originally I was going to give this a B,
1: but
0: now it's a B
1: plus. Okay?
0: Yes. I have won. <laughs>
1: Hopefully this covid thing will be over soon Todd cuz since I did find it for only 7.99 it was going to be like 3.99 to rent it I just bought it so I have the digital copy oh. so once covid's over we'll just all get together and actually watch it well, Oh yeah
0: hopefully when covid's over we'll actually all be in the same room doing this and so that way we can just you know probably go stupid long be like wow we're, we're talking 3 hours we need to cut this back <laughs> You know me guys I'm I'm like pfft. I don't care about raids besides the fact that, uh, yeah, you'll, this is, this is a, this is definitely a matinee movie. I wouldn't say necessarily pay full price for it anymore. However, it's really, really close because there's not a lot of age, to this film, this film pretty much works anytime. Uh, but I would definitely say it's a matinee movie. If you have, you know, if I'm not saying you're going to pay money for it now, as in like, you know, go to the movie theater. But if you did, like, if for some odd reason it opened tomorrow, like, Hey, we're redo, we're reshowing Lake house. Yeah. Go to the, go to the matinee, spend five bucks, get that like, you know, t- $12 bucket of popcorn because it's worth it. Um, you know, it's not just a Saturday movie. It's it's definitely a you could pay money for this movie and not feel jipped. Uh, so yeah, I mean, just it's, it's just good. Period.
1: I was hoping to get a a rating from um, Leanne. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to to get her to give me a number or a grade. But I can you know tell you that uh, she enjoyed this even probably slightly more than me. Um, so wherever that. Kind of interpret. People want to interpret that on a scale. Um, I think she would easily give it higher than an eight out of ten. Um, she enjoyed the uh, the movie and enjoyed the characters. Um, and again, we enjoyed just sitting down watching it together. So if you can find somebody to watch this with, it's a good one to to do that with. That being said, we're about ready to call this episode a wrap. Um, I mentioned it earlier, but I definitely we would love 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 your feedback. So, if you have a chance, rate us on iTunes or pod whatever podcast platform you listen to us on, anchor whatever, give us a rating, you know, tell people, share it, let them know that we're out here. We're still trying to to build this thing. Um, we do it because we enjoy it, and we hope that you guys get a little bit of enjoyment out of it but also and
2: among and yeah. among that feedback, you could tell us what you would like us to do in future weeks something that we usually do at the end of every episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Oh, okay. 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 I, I'm sorry. I thought you had
1: forgotten. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he did. I, I,
1: I he was forgot. Worried, I, I think I forgot the, the order that I normally do. I mean, cause I was going to go ahead and plug and tell people again to reach out to us on Facebook, the discerning geeks portal, uh, email us discerning geeks at gmail.com or on Twitter at the discerning geeks. But yeah, I usually save that for after we throw out our suggestions. But this week I threw it out before, so yeah. Yeah. let's do our. Yeah, sorry, sorry about that. So I thought you would, I thought you would have forgotten. <laughs> no, have I, I didn't forget. <laughs> I just forgot the order because <laughs> it has been a while. Okay. Um, so what do, what suggestions do we have for future episodes? I think we had one mentioned during this episode that I liked. Um, time traveler's anybody? life. Yeah, time traveler's life is a is a good one. But uh, did anybody have any other suggestions?
2: Well, since we're considering that one kind of automatic, then I'm not cheating by coming up with something that's kind of similar to it. And I think this will be our quad, quad, quadra something, our, our, our group of four movies that would all be the intellectual romantic dramas. And to complete the, the quadra...
0: quadra I, I, Use your big words, Todd. You're the math major. You're the math major. The, out, math right. major.
2: <laughs> the, the, te- the tetrad. <laughs> Meet Joe Black. That would be the fourth one.
0: Is it, um, wait a minute. Isn't four? Wouldn't that form a square? So wouldn't it just be the square? Yeah,
2: maybe so. Uh, the tetrahedron of... Uh,
0: if of, you 3D of intellectual movie of romantic movies, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah intellectual romantic fantasies. Yeah, so so we've done uh, uh Adjustment Bureau, Lake House. We've mentioned Time Traveler's Wife and Meet Joe Black. I think would complement those three pretty well.
1: That one would be a tough one to convince me. To That's be. a long one. I was not a fan. That was that was in the. Oh, oh really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, not a fan.
2: <laughs> and here's the weird thing about that movie. It, I admit it has slow pacing and Dave, I think you were saying it's long. I don't know what the actual runtime is, but it probably feels long and I admit it feels slow, but it's one of those movies that needs to feel slow because of what it's about. You, you need to kind of, I I mean, I don't want to give away the plot before we actually review it, but considering what it's about, you actually need to feel the passage of time slowly. And it needs to feel a little bit agonizing and a little bit annoying. And then once you get to the end, you feel like it was kind of worth it. And the end, again, without giving anything away, is kind of sad, kind of beautiful, kind of happy all at the same time. It's, it's an interesting movie, and and I think it would complement everything else we've, we've been, uh, th- these other three movies that we've done or talked about.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, then I will go the complete opposite scale and say that we should review um godzilla the new one not king of monsters the first one
2: (laughs) which one do you mean
0: well yeah no it's hard to say because when you go godzilla people are like okay that's like 50 movies which godzilla are you talking about i'm talking about the one that is um uh was it godzilla 2010 or whatever it is uh not 2010 uh Oh, God, I can't think of it. I think it's just called Godzilla, but it's the one that's that's done by the guys that are actually trying to do the monster universe. You know, the next one was Godzilla, King of the Monsters, King Kong, Skull Islands uh, connected to it. Uh, those guys, that Godzilla. Huh.
2: Okay. okay, so directed by Gareth Edwards, not the one...
0: Not, not the so one... Not the, not the one that pissed off Toho... Yeah, not the one that pissed off Toho so bad that they made Godzilla 2000 and made fun of every, like, movie that... Uh, the people that did godzilla you know ever did which is hilarious by the way if you're a godzilla fan you should know that godzilla is matthew broderick's godzilla which of which i I hate because i love matthew broderick but that godzilla pissed off toho who is the owner of godzilla and has done all these great like guy in a big rubber suit godzilla movies so badly that they made godzilla 2000 and made sure to put every element of i think it's the wachowski brothers that did that godzilla they put every element of every movie the Wachowski wakowski brothers ever did because i think they also did in independence day or whatever because that was a big part of it um and made fun of it and had godzilla pretty much trash like all their movies symbolically it's it was the greatest thing ever to 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 me i'm just saying anyway uh, no
2: yeah not the wakowski siblings it was roland emmerich and uh dean devlin i think
0: yeah. Well, anyway, so it,
2: was, it, was, yeah, it was directed by Roland Emmerich, produced by Dean Devlin, and they both wrote the screenplay
1: together.
0: Yeah. And well, anyway, yeah. It's, right. it's just funny. Godzilla. And
1: see, I I would throw in a different movie in this intellectual romantic comedy, thing, yeah, uh, category, and throw out. Dave, I hope you appreciate this because I think your little call sign on our recording today is Chris Pratt, but we have Chris Pratt. That is Pat, correct. I am Chris Pratt today. And, and Jennifer Lawrence in Passenger. Oh.
0: Okay. I actually own yeah. that film. That one's
1: interesting. So I, 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 I actually I kind, kind of enjoy that, that film. Into, into, a, into a very similar category of, of kind of what we've been talking about. It's, it's a romance that, that kind of the characters character driven romance
0: (laughs) romance slash kidnapping (laughs) kind of possible possible hijacking maybe depends (laughs) on how you look at it if you look at it through one lens it's a beautiful cute little love story when you look at it through the other lens it's pretty much a stalky type weird thing so i think that's reason why people had this kind of like either liked it or you didn't like it there was not a lot of middle ground just saying it will be fun. I can, to I can definitely
2: understand. Yeah, I can definitely understand the controversy. I don't know if that would live up to the Me Too movement.
0: Don't we don't. Yeah, don't, we, don't we don't care about movements here, unless it's about dogs getting Oscars. If it's about dogs getting Oscars, then okay, I am all for that. Animals should deserve awards. Mister Ed should have had four or five of them, and they let him die, and then think that nobody cared about him, and the man was a talking horse to San. Well, guys, Too much. <laughs> it
1: is time for us to call it an evening. Uh, I enjoyed the movie, enjoyed discussing with you even more. Uh, but yeah, I hope everyone out there. See, this is has... what they always do.
0: They try to start shutting you up when they start talking about animals deserving awards. But no, I will not be silenced. I will not go quietly into the night. Uh, I hope. Uh... The Xenomorph from Aliens should have an Oscar. Godzilla should have a whole trophy case of awards. Okay, I'll shut up now. I'm sorry.
1: Okay, yeah. <laughs> I hope that um, everyone has a great week and that 2021 moves into a more positive direction. I've stopped
0: counting. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not counting anymore. I'm not counting any year until COVID's gone. When COVID's done, that's when I'll start counting the years again. Until then, I'm just living in limbo. That's it. I don't yeah. know what's going on.
1: It worried me. Somebody pointed out that, you know, we call it 2021, but if you think about it in terms of 2021, as in the term W-O-N, 2021, and now we have to do it again, and then next year, sadly, will be 2022. 2022. Which could also be interpreted as 2020. do we it again.
0: <laughs> it's yeah. like it's going to be a long time. We, we, have, yeah. we have a we, we have a whole decade of we have ten years of doing 2020. People right now. <laughs> you, you know we were talking about metaphysical. Shut up, Dave. Because we don't need that kind of metaphysical. Right? We don't. We don't need the whole like. Oh yeah, we get to do yep. 2020 nine times this year. Woo! <sighs>
2: yeah i've also seen the meme where it it has 2020 and the two zeros are represented by rolls of toilet paper but then you have another graphic that shows 2021 and the one is represented by an empty toilet paper roll
1: like just the cardboard thing Yeah. yeah but anyways guys um hopefully listen to our podcast, share it with others. And it's a way to lighten the mood as we kind of deal with all this craziness that's happening in our world. And we hope that it brings you some joy. Um, It's been a pleasure guys. At at very least you will hear three people go nuts together. (laughs) I hope everyone out there continues to enjoy whatever makes them a discerning geek. Have a good evening.
2: Thank you for listening.
0: And may the mail be with you.